Hello and good evening, everybody. It is Monday night as usual, uh, and this is The Yard Sign, the most important relevant podcast in politics. Your host is always Johnny Torres. Thank you so much for watching, listening, whenever, wherever you may be doing so. I uh, want to thank everybody out there, especially in the audio version. If you haven't done so, subscribe to the audio version of the podcast. We moved up to two slots in uh, the uh, top podcast countdown, uh, according to chartable.com. We are now number 148 in the country, uh, number or 148 in uh, podcasts in the country for uh, political podcasts. Uh, so uh, thanks to you guys. So uh, we continue to appreciate you downloading and listening to the show. Uh, and then, of course, if you want the video version to see our beautiful faces, uh, you can always log on to YouTube and Facebook uh, for uh, not only the, the uh, regular episodes, but we're going to be working on bringing you exclusive uh, episodes and videos and interviews uh, that are going to go strictly in those platforms as well. Uh, we've got a lot to talk about, as you might expect, uh, especially uh, based right here in Florida. And uh, we've got a great local story to tell you, along with a, a brand new face for the show, uh, somebody that I'm excited to have on the show tonight, uh, who is very much entangled in uh, to our last topic of the day. So uh, DeSantis Airlines uh, up and running as uh, the Governor DeSantis uh, shipped about 50 uh, migrants, immigrants, um, uh, some are calling them refugees. Either way, they ended up at Martha's Vineyard. We'll kind of pick apart uh, the fallout from that and uh, who's kind of winning that political battle. Uh, Biden failing upwards. Uh, if you didn't catch it, they were celebrating the uh, Biden's uh, inflation bill. Uh, on the same day that uh, basically the stock market crashed. And so we'll talk about Biden continuing to fail upwards, especially with some news he made today. Also, uh, it looks like there may be an economic crash uh, coming soon. We'll talk about some of the factors as to why and what may be ca causing that. And again, our special guest uh, is here to talk about our St. Pete City Council and one of the council members uh, being uh, forced to resign. Uh, we'll get into exactly why and uh, what's next uh, over in St. Pete, because uh, that's a fun story as it continues to untangle. Of course, it, it only gets more and more interesting. So. So uh, luckily, we have some firsthand accounts as to what's happening over in St. Pete with us tonight. So over to the big table. Uh, no, Enable David Cabrera today. Joining me is uh, Joe Wicker. Uh, what's up, buddy? What's going on, man? We booted Enable out, but we got his, we have his little there, Christmas lights. <laughs> uh, yeah, those are going uh -huh. off. <laughs> uh, now they're flashing. You don't, like the, you don't like the Christmas lights? I'm just not feeling festive. I'm not one of those guys that like seeing Christmas stuff go up in September. Yeah, which is happening already. Well, that literally it's happened crazy. to me today. I posted that about uh, today yeah, on my Instagram. Costco gosh. already has. Uh, I mean, they just completely skipped Halloween, all the fall stuff. They can skip uh, Halloween, Thanksgiving, yeah. um, straight to Christmas trees and reindeers and Santas and all that kind of stuff. We should just go summer, fall colors: oranges, reds yellows and then christmas go straight can't to, skip go straight to jesus well because the the fall well that would be my compromise instead of like making a big deal out of thanksgiving we get rid of halloween yeah. just make it fall with the nice colors and then we go straight to jesus <laughs> so from summer through some straight leaves summer through some nice leaves driving through the right. mountain pass yeah. you got the pre beautiful leaves and you end up with jesus there you go there you go well the two most important holidays 
is Fourth of July, <laughs> right? Exactly, and, and Christmas. Everything so, else like, is a bonus. Jesus, everything else is a bonus. <laughs> Here in the center chair, joining us for the first time ever is uh, someone we certainly hope to have on a more frequent basis. Now that we kind of uh, were able to twist his arm enough to get him across the bridge, Vincent Nowicki, everybody, uh, how you doing, man? Good, good. Thanks for having me today. I want to set the primer. You and I met. Uh, I guess it was maybe about a year ago. Yeah. Uh, you were already kind of full force. Um, I mean, certainly earlier than anybody uh, out there campaigning as uh, you were trying to build your campaign for mayor of St. Petersburg. Correct. Yes. Yeah. Which I mean, again, I mean, there was there were a lot of buzz, you know, um, especially, you know, with those for those of us, you know, kind of on the younger end of the spectrum, even yeah. though I'm, I'm just aging out of that. Yeah, as aging out. Yeah. I know. And uh, but always exciting to see young people run for office. Um, and especially in St. Pete, you know, it's uh in, in, in St. Petersburg itself, Pinellas, it's obviously a mixed bag politically, right. you know, but in the city of St. Pete, it's just, you know, it's not a place where we get to see a lot of competition. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's, uh, it's, it's tough in St. Pete. It's an, it's definitely an uphill battle. If you have a, uh, if you believe in being fiscally responsible, yeah. uh, it's, it's tough. But anybody that I talked to that knew you before we met, always talked about uh you know just w what a great guy you are and how brilliant you are because uh, apparently you're kind of like a serial entrepreneur yeah i mean so i have a real estate business uh, which is you know pretty successful uh do some development and investing um i wouldn't say serial entrepreneur but that's okay. that's my biggest business yeah is real estate and, and and again that was one of the things that when you and i sat down and uh you know just for, out of transparency we yeah. we were talking about coming on to your campaign right uh, at the time i was working with uh you know another friend of mine and consulting campaigns and yeah. we were going to come on and, and and hopefully help you run your campaign for for mayor um and again as these things go and it's one of the things that i like to talk about on this show because too many people don't know all the the machinery <laughs> that goes on in the back oh, end. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's pretty remarkable. You know, people think, oh no, you just show up, put your name on the ballot and you know, good luck. Uh, and, and it's, there's just so many figures involved. There's so many people involved. There's so many, uh, elements involved, right. in, you know, into really what's going to make or break a campaign. Right. And, and so correct me if I'm wrong. We just kind of looked at the lay of the land, uh, and some of the characters that kind of jumped in at various times and you know kind of decided right now maybe wasn't the best time yeah i mean i didn't you know necessarily want to be a ross perot if you will yeah um to where you know i just spoiled i just party. love that you brought that up for some reason <laughs> i don't even know why i don't even know why but like i feel like uh, go ahead keep going yeah that's you know, awesome so you know i didn't want to be a ross perot and spoil the party to sure. not even give uh you know fiscal conservatives a chance to even have some sort of representation in, in city hall yeah um you know at the time that we met i knocked over ten thousand doors had thousands of yard signs up throughout the city you know raised a good chunk of money for being a first time you know no name candidate mm -hmm. um so you know i was doing you know had websites had videos had Google oh you were full blown i mean yeah. by the time we we met you were already like in third fourth gear i mean right. it was uh you know we were kind of jumping onto a moving train at that point right and so um but politics happens. Yeah, things behind the scenes happen, and you got that right. But what what I appreciate, and what I think a lot of younger candidates, or even let's just say first time candidates, really, because the age doesn't really have anything to do with it, is is that again they don't want to accept 
the pieces, the chessboard for what it is. Yeah. Right. You know, they think that they're the chosen one, and and regardless of what the chessboard looks like, that they think that they can win. Well, that's why they're um, not in politics anymore. Yeah, exactly. That's, and and what I think was brilliant is is that you did. You kind of looked at the lay of land. You talked to all the right people. Uh, you did a very thorough assessment, you know, as to kind of what were the odds of you coming out ahead in in that competition. And you again, timing wasn't right, but. I mean, you, you've made and continue to make just an incredible impression in the community. Um, right. you, you've stayed involved, you've stayed very vigilant, yeah. which is why we have you here tonight. And we'll talk a little bit more about that coming up, but, um, how do you feel now, you know, let's say six months later, nine months later after kind of stepping aside, um, later. it's been about a year. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And so um, how do you feel about that decision? and and kind of everything that's transpired since well so i feel good about it you know i get you know people come up to me all the time and say hey you know it's a tough decision that you made to get out of the race but you made the right decision and then i would you know my advice to any first-time candidate or any candidate that either gets out of a race or loses the race is to stay involved in the community in the people that supported you yeah. just don't disappear because then you're just kind of leaving these people that, you know, signed wave for you, door knocked for you, went to fundraisers. Right. You just kind of leave them hanging and they're. Well, I mean, Joe and I will tell you, I mean, there's so many guys that we know that just go ghost. Right. I mean, they just vanish. Right. I asked somebody that should know the right answer. Like, what was the percentage of first time candidates that when they lose, they just go away forever? Like, how many people basically never run again? And, I, and the answer was like 85%. Wow. So, which kind of lines up, I think, with if we just kind of think back to all the people that we know. Yeah, it kind of lines up, you know. But because what's what's well, what's funnier is some that we know moved and ran in other places and ended up getting elected in other places. Yeah, that well, but, yeah, and, you know, and maybe so there's that's that necessary. factor. Yeah, yeah, but, no, 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 I just meant in general. They yeah, like, yeah, yeah, like yeah. you said, they disappear, mm -hmm. and it's like eighty five percent of people that run for office they just they end up just disappearing. And I think the other aspect of that is like it's like even a greater percentage in totality don't don't take the lessons learned like you're talking about or kind of learn the lesson in the middle of the process like it sounds like you kind of like you kind of figured some things out in the middle of the process yeah. and you had to make a calculated decision which you did um yeah and I, I, I would think I, politically for you i mean uh, that you, you were able to make some really strong connections correct. yeah uh really kind of build a foundation for what, whenever you decide, if you decide to run again. Yeah, I mean, I have a definitely a solid, you know, power base that if I wanted to get into any race within, you know, one to two weeks, I could have $100,000 raised, you know, yard signs printed, shirts printed, everything done and would be a force to be reckoned with with cool. any, any race I decide to get into. Yeah, that's so what awesome. So what did you, uh, what would you say are, are like one of the, one or two things that you learned and I know St. I feel like St. Pete might as well be like in Atlanta. Yeah. Like I've, I've, you know what I mean? Like, sure. it's just the way it's we a whole treat different world. It's the way we treat Pinellas County for some yeah. weird reason. Hillsborough. But it is. Like, it's so different. Yeah. It, you, it feels like politically it's a completely different, just so far away, even though it's our neighbor. Well, and even so, the lifestyle is so different over there. Yeah. So I know, you know, so I know politics are different over there, but I think the more things change, the more some things kind of stay the same, right? Mm -hmm. And some things are just the same in politics worldwide, probably. Yeah. What What did you What did you learn from that? Do you think what was one of the big lessons? 
don't be afraid to ask people for money. Uh, yeah. You know, so as a business owner, <laughs> you know, that was always the biggest thing I initially had a hard time doing. I was like, I'm not really giving them anything. So I feel bad asking. Giving them for, hope, man. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's hope and right. change. It's hope and change. Hope and change. Uh, you know, so, so I had a, you know, I felt bad just, you know, asking people to give me money for really right. nothing in return. So that kind of, you know, it took a yeah. while to asking for money's tough. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, it's hard. But now I have no problem doing it. So if you know, if you want to donate and in the door future, knocking, let me know. <laughs> I have a questionnaire. Uh, uh, yeah, there's yeah, an yeah. interview process. And uh, and you know, I did door to door sales. And I dropped out of college, went door to door selling windows, roofing, and siding. Oh, so the door knocking was no problem oh, for you. Easy. Yeah. You were relentless then. That's you wouldn't relentless. even let them. You wouldn't even like let them say no. Yeah, You're yeah. like, well, what about these windows? Well, yeah. okay. Well, I also do solar. Yeah. <laughs> so I put my foot in the door if they're trying to close it. Well, what yeah. do you mean? Yeah, yeah, That's yeah, how yeah. you knock out yeah. ten thousand doors, yeah. you know, before anybody yeah. else has even jumped in the race. No, right. I, I like door knockers, man. If somebody, yeah. I like it when a candidate's willing to bust their tail and yeah. get out there and do the hard work because. That because man, people don't people don't realize. Obviously, the candidate can only do so much, right? You got to yeah. have money too. I mean, door knocking's not enough, right? Okay, but but you can gain a lot of ground by actually asking people for their vote, right. going to someone's house and just toughing it out. There's obviously you get door slammed in your face. I know you experience that, but you get people that appreciate it and people that yeah. and it, it blows the candidate's mind. But you get, you probably had some people say like, no one's ever come to my door oh, and asked me for my yeah. vote. 100. And you're like, how is that? How's that so? Yeah. Right. Like in a hundred years, like in the last tw <laughs> in the last twenty years, like no one's ever come here. But yeah. like, yeah, right. you probably got some people like that that were appreciative that oh, you were doing. Yeah. Well, and I remember yeah. you were very granular about the stuff you were doing in the community, and you were doing some really kind of unique uh, stuff. You know, very kind of different. Again, which again is is not too far from some first time candidates. You know, they they you don't know the rules, right? You don't know the the mold. And so you're not, you don't know that you're breaking the mold, right? Which I think is fantastic. Right. Um, and, and so are those things that you continue to do or, or would you do things differently uh, when, if you run again? Uh, you know, I, I think I would just be just so aggressive. I mean, just such a full court blitz that it would just take away hope from anybody else wanting to run and run against me. Right, right. Um, you know, I would have money raised. There would just be an automatic presence, endorsements. I mean, the whole, you know, gambit would be run sure. uh, before anybody would even, they would just be like, we're just. Well, because what a lot of people don't realize is the, the respect and the clout that you gain simply by saying, you know, you're right. Right now is right. not the right time. Let me kind of sit this one out. You guys go ahead and sort this out. Right. I mean, I w I'm literally, if, I decide, or when I decide to run for office, be willing to die yeah. on the street. So my opponent better be willing to die there with <laughs> me, knocking on doors or talking to voters, sure, uh, because that's going to be my commitment level. And I think cool. a lot of these politicians that run or get in a race don't understand that. And yeah. when I was running, that was my commitment level, is that I'm willing to die on Central Avenue to become <laughs> the next mayor of St. Peter's. Well, and I can imagine everything that's kind of transpired since then probably has only fueled that fire. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. You're ready for, if this mayor thing doesn't work out, you're ready for Navy SEAL training. <laughs> <laughs> All no, right, everybody. That's the level of commitment. That's, that's yeah, no kidding. Um, we are uh, going to try some interactive stuff here today on today's show. Let's get into today's first topic, DeSantis Airlines. Uh, as the uh, governor, <laughs> through the legislature, allotted 
uh, I think it's about $12 million uh, to help in dealing with some of the illegal immigration issues uh, that uh, happen here in Florida. Uh, you know, people uh, who may not be watching from Florida or, or be new to Florida are kind of wondering how that happens, given that we're not a technically a border state. But um, we get a lot of people who come from other countries and they overstay their visas. Uh, and then, of course, you have your Cuban, Haitian immigrants who come on rafts and all kinds of other makeshift floating devices uh, and, and arrive in the Keys and, and other parts of South Florida. And so, uh, the, you know, let's kind of be honest. This is kind of a way for a state pres uh, governor to kind of show really how tough he would be on immigration. Cause that's not something you typically kind of get to flex your muscles much. That's not an area that you well, who really was doing it first. Did Abbott so, do it yes. first? Okay. Yes. So DeSantis, once somebody did it, yeah, he was like, I got to jump on this, but, but he, well, but Abbott said, did the, so Abbott did the first buses to New York. Okay. But like you and said, he's still he, doing those. Okay. But, Governor DeSantis had this put into the budget. So this yeah. was a thought out. This was this, this was planned. Oh, my, and all the Democrats voted for it. Yes. Which is the most brilliant part about all 12 of this. 12 million, right? It was 12 million. million. Yeah. And they all voted yes. And they for all it. voted yes for it. Because it was part of the bigger budget that they all agreed Probably. to or anyway, that's now. funny. That's so so the Democrats now can go and they can, you know, they they can cry yeah. me a river about, yeah. you know, how you this money's being it. spent and they be like you voted for it. Yeah. yeah. They're 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 trying to make a lot of noise and fuss about you know oh well you know uh, I don't know they're they're basically trying to you know now trying to separate themselves from what's it, wrong well well this just goes to show and I I love this whole thing occurring because it goes to show finally like finally Republicans are fighting back and yeah. calling out the left on their rhetoric it's like yeah. okay if if you're for, <laughs> if you're going to promote having a sanctuary city we will assist you in having a say if you yeah. want to have a sanctuary city we'll send you some well, here, illegal immigrants and so you can be a sanctuary so that city. brings me to my exhibit a okay <laughs> which is charlemagne the god okay. very popular morning okay. show radio host right now has really blown up recently yeah uh, has his own show on comedy central uh who i really i feel is truthfully kind of taken over what the daily show should have been um and uh he had uh, this to say again this is um this is a very liberal audience he's talking to, and you'll you'll see it by by the looks on on their faces. Here we go. Oh, hang on. Where did the uh, where did my audio go? Let's see. Uh, oh, hang on one second. So, um, well, this, is I, same, I, this is the same guy that uh, had Joe Biden on, where Joe Biden said, "If you don't vote for him, you're not black." Right. Exactly. It's the same show, right, Charlemagne? Yeah. 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 Yeah, uh, and and also it was on his morning show that he's just a member of. He's not the main guy, okay. but he's a member of, where Hillary made the comment about having hot sauce in her bag, oh and gosh. and got oh. and got ridiculed for that. <laughs> so I mean, this oh guy's I mean, he, yeah, but he's he, he himself you can tell is nonpartisan. He's one of these guys like he doesn't care. He he probably hates both sides. Right. Um, and but this clip is just was too good to uh, not share. D.C. and Chicago with the message of, if you like them so much, they're yours. Okay? Uh, well, just in time. Hold on. Let me see if I can uh, uh, rewind it here. <clears throat> Sorry. I know this doesn't make for a great... Uh, for months, of... Republican governors have sent busloads of illegal immigrants to sanctuary cities like New York, D.C. and Chicago with the message of, if you like them so much, they're yours. Okay? 
Well, just in time for Hispanic Heritage Month, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis upped the game by sending two plane folds of immigrants to the East Coast elite's favorite vacation island, Martha's Vineyard, Massachusetts. I personally think it's genius. But I wish that governors like Ron DeSantis and Greg Abbott would give Democratic governors and mayors more of a heads up, because then that would expose the hypocrisy of the Democrats, which is they don't want immigrants here either. <laughs> I mean, that's it's it. It's true. And then, I mean, that that's it. That's that's that that summarizes the entire point being made here. And and the beautiful thing is, is that they're now truly experiencing, you know, what it is to be a border state or an immigrant state, you know, because I mean, right. At the first sign of these buses, right. Forget Martha's Vineyard. Right. I mean, look at what's happening in DC. Yep. With the Chicago. buses dropped off at the Naval Observatory, which is amazing, and because and that's where the vice president's yeah, house is, right? And right. and the media tried to ignore that one, yeah, yeah. And then Abbott continues to send buses to New York City as well. Like they are in full blown panic. They're calling in FEMA. They're the calling Nash- in yeah, the you National know, Guard. Yeah, the National Guard. What I, what I love about this is let's go back pff, what ten years, maybe. Mm-hmm. Okay. Wait, wait a minute. Let's go back about 20 years. If anybody, for those that don't remember, Republicans and Democrats used to actually be in agreement on illegal immigration. Actually, both parties for different reasons, probably, but for different reasons, neither one of them really supported any type of illegal immigration. It was kind of a, an, a known thing. There was a problem. We need to work it out, whatever. Nothing ever got done. The political talking point was always this comprehensive immigration reform, which well, is a matter of is, national security yeah, and, it, and, and, and how it impacts the economy. But that's what everybody said. It right. was it was code. Uh, comprehensive immigration reform yeah. was code for we're not going to do shit. <laughs> I mean, that's really what it was. Yeah, it was code for we're not going to do anything. But it sounds like we're going to do something. And it went on and on and on. And then Don, Donald Trump decided to run for office. Yeah. And in his opening speech says, hey, we're building a wall because he was willing to politicize something that was a real issue because if you had a ranch on the southern border border you were literally to the point to where you couldn't go out on your you you grabbed your rifle that was that southern and, coming and, out there and, yeah you, you, <clears throat> you yeah i don't i actually sound like my it's not a northern you um you grabbed your, you, you grabbed your rifle and had to go out armed on your own property yeah. because you had not just illegal immigrants, but you actually had the gangs coming across. Right, right? the which coyotes, is, the yeah, gangs. Which is yeah. different because they, they've done some programs where they've interviewed the ranchers down there, and they would tell you, like, in the late 70s, it was people coming to work, and, and, we, and they worked on our property. Yeah. Like, we hired them, you know, and they worked, and everything was great. We were like neighbors, you know. Then, like, in the 80s, it was like they weren't really here to work anymore. They just wanted to pass on through. And so it was like, all right, big deal right mm-hmm. like whatever you're working in the next town over and it wasn't and then it became about drugs and then like and then like in the 2000s it became about trafficking human trafficking and that's right. when the ranchers are like guys this stuff's getting dangerous like mm-hmm. these people aren't even coming to work like now it's like coyotes and it's the gangs and it's crazy right so they've been screaming about this okay so jump ahead 10 years for the last 10 years you've been hearing republicans saying this is an issue we need to deal with and donald yeah. trump making it headlines and every time a Republican did that, the Democrats pushed back and said, oh, you're racist. Um, oh, you just don't like brown people. Oh, you, you, know, you just don't like these Hispanics because they're not voting Republican, which isn't even true. Um, and so finally, we've come to a head where Republicans are like, all right, so if y'all aren't going to do anything, then we're just going to send them to. And, and, and excuse me. And, and the Democrats in, in their political talking points 
to try to get votes and to try to pander to their base created this concept of sanctuary city. Right. Oh, don't worry, right. you can come here. See, we're we're yeah. better than those terrible racist Republicans. You can come to our city, not believing that any of those people would actually make it sure. to Chicago or DC or New York. See, yeah. they figured they would just stay in Texas and, and Florida and wherever. And now the governors are like, all right, you know what, screw it. You got them. Right. We're going because because we round because we get illegals come through every week, every day. The Border Patrol is encountering thousands. Well, and the and the unspoken truth here, too, by the media and and the Biden administration is, is that they've basically handcuffed the Border Patrol. Yeah, there's not a whole lot that they can do. And they can't even process and all it, of them. Well, and, and, and to that point, the Biden administration administration themselves are flying these overnight flights from border states because into other parts handle, of the country. Even, because they can't right, handle Even it. here to Florida, without the governor's knowledge. To Remember the whole pictures of immigrants with the um, with the emergency, the aluminum emergency blankets over them? Yeah. And the, and the Democrats tried to say they were in cages. In the cages, right. And all that. And it's like, guys, y'all built this. Like, this is Obama's facilities right. they built, you know? We're just trying to get through all of them. We can't even process this many people. Yeah. And the separation of parents and everything, which wasn't actually the separation. Well, some parents probably got wrapped up in it. But the separating of children from the adult that came with them. Right. Because what we've learned is that many of these adults are not guardians or chill or parents of these children right. they're actually using these children to get across the border and because they know that we're stupid and we're gonna be like oh you're the you're the dad oh okay and who yeah. is this oh and he's got 15 uncles too okay fine we'll let you all in yep. when in reality they were smuggling those kids so th they gave us a hard time about that democrats giving republicans a hard time about that but in reality when biden got in office remember kamala harris got put in charge of immigration because yeah. things were a catastrophe and what did their what was their way of handling it like you said they just started shipping people out right. on planes and just so they weren't over so they couldn't make the story that that they were overwhelming the the border facilities yes. yeah uh which just is what they yeah because according to the most recent numbers they're estimating that they're this year alone they're close to about half a million people that have come through illegally uh since the biden administration took over uh they're they're saying that they're anywhere from about two to three million illegal immigrants have crossed into the United States. And you know, I thought I thought I we all knew that the Democrats were lying, you know. We all knew that the Democrats were just using political talking points. We all knew that underneath all of that um, virtue signaling was to Hispanics was really the roots of the Democratic Party, mm -hmm. which is segregation, um, subjugation, and just flat out racism. We, right. we, we knew that there was racism involved in that, yeah. but it really got exposed in this Martha's Vineyard thing because these people can't even contain themselves. Right. I mean, they went berserk. Right. And within 48 hours called in the National Guard. You would have thought that it was the 1960s and Martin Luther <laughs> King was coming across the bridge. Yeah. Well, I mean, the, and the amazing thing is, is that obviously they showed where they're all chipping in and bringing in catered food. Oh my gosh! And they had cots and all this kind of stuff. They weren't even feeding them the good cereal. Did you see? Right. It was like crispy pops. <laughs> it was like you know, it wasn't even rice krispies. They were feeding them the junk cereal that they got from some kind of homeless shelter. These rich right. people who spend yeah. their whole life criticizing, and they're claiming that they don't have, they didn't have enough housing. Yeah, you know, but we have to, a housing crisis. Yeah, they have a housing crisis. You're going to tell me that there weren't, uh, let's say. 50 airbnbs that you know that maybe, are vacant because it's out of yeah. season they well, all just left they got uh, they got hundreds of well, rem beds remember open. what was the what was the one uh what was it the ukrainians 
or that's all of a sudden everybody's opening up their airbnbs oh if yeah you need a place to stay yeah like, for the ukrainians you know it's the you yeah. know it's like you know come and stay once, here and once again and ukrainians uh, are what color right exactly and they're viewed as european they were they these immigrants were were not even in Martha's Vineyard forty eight hours. Not even forty eight hours for the freaking National yeah. Guard. You can't even get the National Guard soldiers to the armory in forty eight hours. <laughs> I mean, like these these guys are like, we're getting called up. They were probably like, what? We're on alert. What's yeah. happening? What's happening? Oh my God, where are we going? We're oh, we're going to Syria. Oh my God, no, you're going to Martha's Vineyard. What? <laughs> what? We're going to Martha's for what? Yeah. Well, we got the. Uh, Ah, we got to get these guys out of there. Well, here I know you sent it's me crazy. this uh, CNN quote, Vince. You got to you got to just jump in. This one will piss you off. This <laughs> one will piss you off. But here we go. This is uh, from uh, from CNN. Oh, forty four hour visit. Uh, they left an indelible mark. And actually, um, Ben Shapiro did an hour, almost an hour long episode today on DeSantis and this whole thing, uh, which is brilliant because he also talks about this video here. It's this uh, is this is cringe. This is cringy. It's it's racist cringe. Well, it's typical. It, it's you. You can tell that elitist. it's It's typical liberal elitism from people that have probably never, never uh, interacted with minorities outside of maybe the people who do their landscaping and and the fact know, that Obama lives and there. And and with Obama, they're like, okay. Well, Michelle and Obama, they can move in. Oh well, we'll talk about that in a second. Women migrants were given a warm send off. Volunteers embracing Look at this. each person. Give me a freaking Then ferries and onto the next part yeah, get of the long journey. Their unannounced arrival Wednesday, all part of a campaign by Texas Governor Greg Abbott and Florida Governor Ron DeSantis to send migrants to be pissed, so-called because DeSantis really took all the moment <laughs> by surprise. All we're trying to do is offer transport to sanctuary jurisdictions uh, free to the to the alien, uh, but certainly not mandatory. And that way they're able to go and these sanctuary jurisdictions can put their money where their mouth is. These immigrants were picked go. up in Texas. Some of them say they were taken to a hotel to wait, then boarded planes. Well, we didn't know until the last minute our destinations, such as New York, where our relatives reside, he says. Yang Pablo Mora and other immigrants we spoke to here say they were promised all sorts of things. Yay, we got rid of them. Housing, things that never materialized. We were told it was humanitarian aid by a foundation that in this case remains unknown, he says. It's just the latest account of migrants seemingly deceived Oh, by the way, I saw a picture of the brochure that all the immigrants got, um, and it's uh, it was like it had like the flag of Mass the Massachusetts state flag on it, and you know here are immigrant resources, and, all, and it's all from their website. It's like official state, you know. They have like an office of of immigrant and refugee resources. Sure. And so you know they're trying to say that you know again like you know they gave them all this misleading and false information, and everything on the pamphlet is true, everything, and dropped off. From Washington, D.C. They felt fooled and they felt that their suffering was exploited. To confusion in New York City. You went to Martha's Standing Vineyard. at Port Authority, he asked me, and how, how do I get to Portland, Oregon? To California, where Governor Gavin Newsom has asked the Department of Justice to open an investigation into the controversial practice. What uh, Ron DeSantis is doing is Brilliant. disgrace. It's 
almost monstrous. They did get a packet that had the map of Martha's Vineyard. What Newsom's done to California treated, is a disgrace. You know, very well with all this. I mean, they're, they're treated well with meals and everything. While volunteers and officials in Martha's Vineyard promptly responded and cared for their unexpected guests, lawyers assisting the immigrants say the stop the did out. nothing but detour already desperate. It was a church. A church. It was sickeningly cruel throwing obstacles in the way of people fleeing violence and oppression, some of whom walked through 10 countries in the hopes of finding safe, safety. Yeah. My heart and they got a charter flight. Because they were Martha's not. Vineyard. Yeah. And they got to the richest zip code. Look at this lady. Forever. You've uncovered my racism and my elitism. There will be in my heart. So it was only two days. I mean, that I don't lady, understand that lady why. is something else. How it's so bad to end up there. I mean, how is that bad? I mean, what's... Well, that's the thing. It's one of the richest zip codes they, in the country. They won't let us in. Are you kidding yeah. me? Yeah. If we went there, they want to see our vaccine. I bet you I couldn't afford a weekend there. Yeah. No. <laughs> no, you probably... I mean, I, mean, I need to make what a call. What would it cost to golf? Anybody know? What would it cost to golf? That's what I'm saying. I need to call DeSantis' office and see if he can get me a charter They wouldn't let him. They wouldn't let him golf there. Yeah. They wouldn't let him golf. But there. you actually made a point while we were watching the video, which is, I think, spot on, which is that note that they didn't talk to the Obamas. They didn't talk to Barbara Streisand. They didn't talk to any of the celebrities and politicians that are known to live or vacation there. All right. Because they, they knew it's a it was it, it was it was a it, it's a trap. I mean, it was. I mean, that's really what this was. Yeah. It, it was a trap to call out their hypocrisy and uh, on the sanctuary city front, and it worked beautifully. Look, if, you're, if you're a Democrat and you get the microphone put in front of you on, on this, the only rational thing you can do is start to cry. Is well, you could do that, like that lady did, because some people will believe that lady. Those are those are called alligator tears, y'all. Those are alligator tears. What you what the only rational thing a Democrat could do is say, "Look, we understand that." you know, we have a policy in this, in, in the state of Massachusetts, okay, to allow for, you know, we're not, we're not trying to lock these people up. We're not going to lock them up. We're going to get them the services they need. Um, that may or may not be on Martha's Vineyard, but we get the stunt, we got it, and we'll take care of these people. It's 50 people. Right. It's 50 people. You mean to tell me that, like, legitimately, that they don't have the ability to actually care for 50 people? You know they do. Of course. So the 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 fact, if I'm it was sure, a thousand people, I'm sure in Martha's Vineyard, I'm sure there's probably one house that can at least sleep fifty people. Yes. Oh, for sure. I would I would bet. If, uh, I, if, I would bet everything Martha's I have Vineyard. on that. Look, if it yeah. was thousands, if thousands of people descended upon a golf course in Martha's Vineyard, obviously they'd say, "Listen, we can try to put together some meals or something, but we don't we don't really have a lot here right. for you." It's I mean, 50. but it's fifty people. They could have went yeah. to McDonald's. Like, like yeah, yeah. <laughs> like the local restaurant, the local cafe has food for fifty people. Right. Like, like you can't claim, you can't say you're a sanctuary city or state or anything, and then say you can't handle. 50 people right and then to make it but just call in the national guard oh yeah well here's what i love national guard? and this is this is the prize right this is really the they the, didn't even the, hold on they didn't even want to <laughs> touch those people 
That's right. that, that that's no, how right. that's how that's how blatantly racist and offensive this is. They didn't actually want to even talk to those people. Yeah. They didn't want to touch them. They didn't want to look at them. They called in the freaking. It was literally soldiers. the homeowners association for Martha's Vineyard that basically went into action and got you know the got the 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 feds involved and got the national guard involved. And how I do mean, they have those contacts? They wanted, yeah, because, right. Because yeah. the president of the homeowners association at Martha's Vineyard probably got more power than the president of the United States. Yeah, that's why. Well, and, and again, the only people that were actually helping them was a Presbyterian church uh, there at Martha's Vineyard. Probably. Um, you know, and that's, I believe, where they ended up staying. Sure. Because it was only 50 people. Right. <laughs> so this is, like I was going to say, this is the trophy. This is the uh, front page of the New York Post two days ago. Uh, so yes, uh, day before yesterday, liberals deport immigrants or uh, deport migrants. Hypocritical rich Dems of Martha's Vineyard shipped them off by ferry. And then they have the, the 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 they're showing the bus that they were all in on the ferry boat. Watch, they're gonna try to somebody ought to get video of them disinfecting that ferry ship because you know they're gonna do that. They're gonna like call in like waste management <laughs> or like some like you know eco team to come in and disinfect it. They're yeah. probably so scared of having had immigrants. Sure, show these up are in people that they are used to having as the help. Yeah. They're probably, I bet that lady, the lady that was crying, watch, as soon as the camera shut down, she was like, okay, call Ecolab. We got to get the dysentery <laughs> off that ship. We got to get, we got to get, we got to, we got to disinfect that ship. It's probably got COVID oh or something. Gosh. Put masks on all of them. Put three masks on every single one of them. Yeah. On their way out of here. Take your shot too. Yeah. yeah. Free vac. Oh no, we vaccinated them all for free guys. We're here to help. Now, now this is of course where everybody is kind of, you know, connecting all the pieces to, right? Which is. Whether or not Trump decides to or is able to run in 24. I mean, this is this is an amazing chess piece, the chess move here to kind of line it, line himself up what for a 24 you, for a 24 race. What for him just to comment on it or no for him to mean? run. I mean, now you can say, look, I'm going to be tough on immigration. How tough? Oh, look what I did. Oh, you Vineyard. mean for DeSantis? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, OK. You were saying Trump. OK. Yeah. For DeSantis. Yeah. No, I mean, he obviously, yeah, he showed. Well, and I'm sure Trump appreciates that he that, that he's taking some of the heat off the, you know, the, taking yeah. the media kind of off his back a little bit. Yeah. No, I no, I think. Um, yeah. I mean, if if you had any doubt that DeSantis had guts, I mean, this probably alleviates that but i think we're seeing the beginning of what will be if not 24 28 uh primary which is i think it's going to be abbott and, and desantis yeah you think so yeah and trump not in it well again 28 let's say let's uh, say 28 uh, oh, oh just to okay. give trump the benefit of the doubt okay okay i was gonna say because yeah but the, you but you realize they're both making chess moves for 24 i mean that's what it looks like you can easily connect those dots and say this is this is this is putting on this is political theater for 24 DeSantis absolutely has the ability to run for president if he wanted to in oh sure in 2024 yeah. oh mind you there was a hysterical poll that came out that allegedly Kamala Harris beats DeSantis yeah right don't even get me started on that no, that's, that's um insane. but you you actually wanted to share this uh next graphic which is um uh, thanks to the uh, vice chairman of the RPOF or Frank Christian Ziegler uh, who's probably going to be the next chairman, uh, possibly, likely. Uh, Florida Floridians are rejecting the Democrat Party. Again, you know, especially at a time where because of the Dobbs bill, we're seeing a lot of uh, Democrat registration around the country, especially among women. Um, here in Florida, uh, it went from October 19, 2018, 
to having 4.6 million Republicans to 5.1 million, um, you know, four years later, uh, by July of, uh, by July 25th of 22. So half a million right. new Republican voters. Well, there was like a 300 Republic. There was like a 350,000 vote deficit for Republicans just four years ago. Right. Just well, that's what it shows. Years ago. So in 2018, yeah. And now um, Republicans had 4.6 million registered voters. Democrats had 4.9 uh, registered voters. Right. And so now uh, Republicans are up um, by like 200,000. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's a that's a big swing. I mean, that's oh, huge. Yeah, that's a huge swing. And actually what this shows, because I was a little nervous about it, too. You got to dig into the data to, to, to know what's going on. I was a little nervous that during covid, a bunch of the liberals were going to flee their liberal policies because they don't actually want to live up to it. And I was worried they were going to come to free states like Florida. Yeah. But in reality, I think what's happened, according to these numbers, I'm sure some liberals have come here. But yeah, really what's happened but really what's happened is conservatives in those states have said screw it we're out yeah i'm popping smoke i'm out well that's kind of again that's kind of been for lack of a better term kind of the rogan effect right because joe rogan while he doesn't consider himself a republican right you know he considers himself very kind of middle of the road right you know he's he's liberal on some issues conservative on some issues right um but by no means really partisan either way um he looked at what his lifestyle had become in california he goes this sucks yeah um and i like to hunt i like to work for a living yeah um and i can't do any of those things yeah i was like i'm out he's like he couldn't even go to the gym ben shapiro le- uh left california ben shapiro i'm moved surprised to, moved uh, to tennessee i'm surprised uh prager prager's still based out of la i'm surprised that uh, that that won't last long i don't think i don't i don't see that lasting he's much one audit he's one audit or investigation away yeah um but uh, again i i think this martha's vineyard thing look uh, the problem is is that they're trying to treat desantis like they treat donald trump and the problem is is that DeSantis has what Trump does not, and that's a legal background. DeSantis is an incredibly knowledgeable and sharp attorney. Yeah. Uh, Harvard, Yale, uh, educated. I would, I he would, is three steps ahead. I would also argue that while I appreciate that Trump liked to hire people by their resumes, DeSantis is, uh, has the political awareness that the people that he has around him are not only smart, but they're loyal. Yeah. And he's not going to get blindsided by stuff. And I felt like a lot of times the people that were in the Trump administration weren't necessarily for Trump's policies. And DeSantis is not going to let that happen. Well, the problem so, is, is as business owners that you guys are, I mean, it's scaling. The problem is, is, you know, if Trump went from, let's say, the Trump organization, right, where he had kind of a tight knit uh, group of people that he could trust and that advised him. And it's like you go from being maybe like a regional business to all of a sudden you're like an international yeah. business. Yeah. And you have to quickly bring in whoever and everybody you can yeah. because you, the, the scaling you just has gotten away from you. I think the challenge, though, for I think the challenge was that Trump, as much as I love the, the CEO mindset that he has and had, yeah. and that was very beneficial because Trump being who he was, like he wouldn't let – a lot of things just fester and be worked on by the bureaucracy. He'd be like, screw that. I'll call the guy. Yeah. Like he wasn't too good to call like a local right. mayor or something. Yeah. He would just pick up the phone and call the guy and do business, mm-hmm. which is what business people are used to doing because they want to move and make things happen. Yeah. 
but unfortunately he would look at people based on their resume and you could be a democrat who doesn't even believe in trump's policies but if you had like a really stellar resume academic pedigree and all stuff like he'd hire you and it's like bro this is different this is not they're not running the trump tower right they're not running one of your properties okay this is politics and that person is subject to all sorts of issues you know they might have their own political aspirations later you got to take that into account desantis is not going to make those mistakes well and 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 that goes to my point you know where trump has made a lot of missteps opening himself up to the accusations of a lot of things that may or may not be illegal and 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 things that he may have done uh, inappropriately in this and all that desantis isn't making those mistakes because he knows to cross those t's and dot those i's legally yeah and so when people want to accuse him of being a human trafficker yeah when people want to accuse him of of uh, human rights violations when they all that stuff falls flat right because you know he's his done his homework it's gonna be on point well especially again when did they close the, when did they sign up on the budget you know for the for the months for the ago. legislature months you know ago. four yeah. months ago yeah yeah at least yeah you know and so they've had all this time to plan this out and make sure that they got it right and he yeah and, he and there was no clock voted for it and everyone voted for it. Everybody voted for it, exactly. Yeah. No, you know he had everything on point from the airplanes that were chartered to the landing at Martha's Vineyard and all that. They and I'm sure nobody knew what they were going to do with those $12 million. Probably not. Um, it was just for immigration support. Which right? makes it, it even more beautiful yeah. that they all kind of, you know, went along with it. Yeah. You know, because, I mean, yeah. it, it again, where does that leave Democrats? The Florida, I mean, again, it's like yeah. they all signed off on it. Well, and here's the thing. So, like, again, the Democrats are saying it's a Republican stunt. Yeah. You know, I guess, I guess you could say it is because it's only 50 immigrants, but we got thousands more. Right. So we can ramp it up and get serious. Yeah. This but is a it warning only shot. took 50. It only took 50. This is This was a warning shot. What if it was five? I, they would have freaked out if it was five. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I mean, like. 50 people. Yeah. There's 50 illegal immigrants that probably came to Tampa this week. Yeah. I mean. That's like three Hispanic families. Okay. You said it, not me. (laughs) Well, the 90 of them just came into Isle Morada two weeks ago. Yeah. There you go. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Is that that a rich neighborhood here locally? Yeah. Down in South Florida. Yeah. Down in the Keys. Oh, yeah. okay. Well, guys, I'm. But they didn't call the National <laughs> Guard there. there oh, yeah. yeah. No, they're used to it. I mean, it's yeah. so funny because I follow these Instagram accounts from Miami. And on a random weekend, they'll just find a makeshift raft, like wash up ashore. Yeah. 50 people in there. You know, yeah, yeah. And all of a sudden, it's just you see people jumping off. and People and, probably don't even bat an eye, do they? They, they probably no, don't even stop. No. They don't even. No, of they, course not. They, they don't even put down their lunch. Well, because some like, of them, that's how yeah. they came. Yeah, yeah, right. You know, yeah. <laughs> so they're like, oh, hey, you know. It's hey, like, yeah, yeah, it's a long there, done that, yeah. you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the road to Miami is kind of long. You might want <laughs> right. to hitchhike or something. Yeah. Catch an Uber, you know? Kind of missed it by about 30 miles. Yeah. Oh, but that's wild. Oh, man. So, all right. Thank you, everybody, for watching the yard sign. Got uh, Joe Wicker, Vincent Nowicki joining me here tonight. We're having a great conversation here about Governor DeSantis. Uh, let's uh, move this along. And uh, as uh, look at that laugh on the pick there, that that's that, <laughs> that's DeSantis this past week yeah. with the illegals. Uh, well, and that's the thing. Landing. Like, is he as charming uh, or, or, or as, or as uh, engaging as Donald Trump is? Nobody doesn't have to be. 
Like, you know, I, again, like DeSantis at every step of the way is two, three steps ahead of, uh, of, uh, of, the, of the Democrats and, uh, they don't know what to do with them. So, all right, getting into Biden failing upwards, uh, again, uh, you know, uh, literally the day that Biden was celebrating the signing of his inflation bill or the stop the inflation bill or whatever fancy name they had for it, the stock market literally crashes. Um, the, uh, inflation rate goes up, um, and they're celebrating. And, and I think this is just par for the course. I mean, again, they don't have a handle on immigration. Obviously they don't have a handle on inflation. Uh, Wednesday, the treasury, um, secretary is about to announce another rate hike. Um, which again, I'm sure the, the market's probably going to react unfavorably to now, Vincent, are you commercial or residential? Or both. Both. Okay, so we're at six yeah. percent, right? Uh, mortgage rates, I think, yeah. around six percent. Okay, they're saying. I guess people are already saying, "Oh, it might be a full basis point, so an, uh, a full percent, right?" Right. And then, um, and then other people are like, "Yeah, but that way the Fed could come out with a half percent, and then the markets will react positively because people are afraid that the market's going to sure. tank." I mean, where where are we going here? Is this you even going to matter? Undersell and over deliver. I mean, yeah, where where do you think we're going with well, so this? I You're the finance guy. I'm, I'm not finance. You're the real estate guy. <laughs> You're the money guy. Well, so uh, and I shake my money. Fiscal guy. conservative. Yeah, You're the fiscal sure. conservative. I shake guy. my money guy. Oh, okay. So down. where are we going with this? With the with the real well, estate. So I don't think you're going to see. You know, so rates, mortgage rates aren't. You know, isn't the Fed. Uh, rates. Fair so, enough. So, right. So yes. There's a difference. So That's you know, true. a lot of yeah. mortgage lenders that I talk to, you know, they already bake their rate like a year in advance okay. based off predictions. So that's why when the Fed raised, you know, three uh, quarters of a basis points. Which is supposedly what they're about to do again on Wednesday. Yeah, the mortgage rates didn't change. So the, so the, but the are you saying the rates went down actually okay. when the Fed raised the rates. So aren't they going to have to take a haircut here if the cost of lending money increases or how does that work? Well, they're at like 6% and the Fed's only at what, you know, two, 3%. I mean, you know, so. So you think there, so you don't think that another half percent to a percent in the Fed funds rate, you don't think that increases mortgage rates that much. I, I don't think you'll see it increase that much. Well, because okay. some, you know, uh, a buddy of mine did the math the other day and he said based on the current percentage, which was I think 3.6 or something like that, right. that over the length of the loan, 30 years, which nobody lives in their house 30 years anymore, um, that it adds about $200,000 to the price of the home. You know, but again, who's staying in their house that long? It's kind of like the people who, who buy a car, you know, and they've got like a 7%, 8% interest right. rate on it. It's like, you're not going to own that car, you know, five years. I think no. you're, th- I actually think you're thinking way too smart. <laughs> that's, that, that's <laughs> like the right way to think. Well, it but- sucks if you live in like Detroit, like San Francisco or places where, you know, they're not going to have huge appreciation gaps okay. in the market. So, yeah. you know, Florida... You know, I would say is solid regardless of what, you know, the Fed does um, or, you know, happens with interest rates Mm -hmm. uh, because you're seeing so much appreciation in real estate here uh, because, A, it's still hard to build here. Right. Um, Still demand, people moving here. Still, I mean, you had a real population growth over the last two, three years. So you think we're a little bit insulated from the economic impact of that? Because I I was going to say, Johnny, I think you're thinking the way I would think. Like, how much is this loan really going to cost me? Yeah. But I I think the way most people are buying homes is they're looking at their monthly Oh, they're just yeah, looking at right. the monthly What's amount the payment? and right. well and here's the thing i saw i saw in one of the articles talking about this that 
a five at three a year ago a year ago the mortgage principal and interest on a five hundred thousand dollar home which sounds like an insane amount of money to me yeah. growing up middle class yeah. but apparently that's like an average home now or something but in florida but anyway the cost thousand is like the average four hundred thousand yeah. is average okay the um that's wild to me but the um that the payment, the monthly payment, principal and interest on a $500,000 loan a year ago was around 2490 something like, okay, right around there. Yep. And that the cost of a $350,000 home today is still around $2,500. So you're talking about 150,000, that's like a 33% correction. Right. So what this article was you know, pontificating is, I mean, under regular circumstances, you could be seeing a 33% correction in home prices. Now, based, based on what Vince just said, I mean, I don't think that's happening, right? I mean, because it's Florida, people right. keep moving here. Well, so where, so right? like, you know, look at, you know, my mom, you know, she has a you know, three bedroom, two bath house in Baltimore. Okay. You know, so she's going to sell that house, you know, next year or two. Okay. Make you know, a six, bazillion dollars. No, six, <laughs> you know, six, $600,000 and then come to Florida and buy a two to 55 plus condo, maybe for 300, $400,000. And she so, feels great. And, and feels so, great. Pays yeah. for cash and has no issue. Well, Tampa Bay is also correct me if I'm wrong, but I mean, I think it's pretty obvious. I mean, Tampa Bay has been undervalued for a long time. It's, it's also been undervalued. Correct. For, for I mean, is there else? any space in St. Pete? Or is no. it all gone? Um, Pinellas is 98% developed. and 98% developed. And there's nowhere to go but up. So, yeah. like, the only thing they haven't paved over is, like, the public restroom. Yeah. Like, they like, like the only where left to build a home is, like, these little nooks and crannies somewhere yeah. in the sea, in the city. There's nowhere left to build. They wouldn't so, even your let prices have nowhere to go but up. They wouldn't even yeah. let them build Top Golf. <laughs> yeah, they, they oh yeah, did that happen? That, that's yeah, happening started, now, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. They Is are it gonna, happening. Yeah, oh, okay. They are going to build a Top Golf, right? right but right. they but went through residential real estate, though. So but they went possible. through a whole oh. rigmarole over that, though, didn't right. they? Because of the uh, well, the Feather Sound people, I don't think wanted it, right? Yeah. Yeah. But it's going to increase their property. Of value, course it is. So they yeah. Can, they'll, they'll Look what it's it. done in Brandon. Yeah. Everything around uh, around that little cluster, Dave and Buster's, Top Golf, the the indoor skydiving, the uh, Bass Pro Shops, that, all that's exploded. Everything around there just—it's probably the only thing saving the mall. I don't know. Top Golf. Well, it's not close. It's not super close yeah. to the mall. It's that mall's I, dying. I, I'm just surprised. Yeah, I'm just like, what's going to happen there? Yeah. You know, I don't want to get us off so, topic. So you you right. So you don't think it's going to be as impactful because we're in Florida. Right. But you mentioned Detroit. We get that. You mentioned San Francisco. San Francisco's not growing anymore. People's houses don't go Businesses up in value. Businesses are leaving there. People are get checking out. Yeah. Right. Well, remote work's got to be killing California. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, well, and to that note, again, to back to the topic, you know, the the the, the other thing is that this week, you know, the Biden administration trying to take credit for. Uh, allegedly yes. saving no saving oh. this railroad strike uh that was oh. about to hit the country which would have disrupted supply chain issues and all Even stuff more. but the union themselves are saying hey slow down buddy it's like we haven't like finalized anything here it's like yeah you're kind of got everybody close to being on the same page um you know but like they're already doing like they're just doing a victory lap anyways right. you know because they're they're doing anything and everything possible to bump up the numbers i mean last week we were talking about the dark brandon uh meme you know with him going up there and giving that speech in front of the red wall yeah, and all that, that stuff creepy. it's but but v for vendetta that was that was to fire up the base yeah because the the base thought that he wasn't going aggressive enough he wasn't going on offense um and uh, and that was his way and if you look at it it was actually funny enough it was actually very trump-esque 
you know, because all he did was attack Republicans the whole time. Yeah. Um, and talked about, you know, Republicans being the enemy of, of democracy, enemy of the country. Um, and, and so they're trying to figure out what and uh, anything and everything they can do to get his approval numbers up. Um, and it just seems that every time they, they want to do a victory lap, I mean, reality just comes and just smacks them up their, upside so what their was head. It last week when he was doing the, you know, uh, inflation, victory, speech, economic, whatever. Yep. I started watching the speech, you know, live, and they had a guy playing guitar. James Taylor. James Taylor playing yeah. guitar. And it's like they have him playing guitar and then just a picture of the stock market <laughs> going down. I'm like, it's like the Titanic right. and the band, you know, yeah. playing on the orchestra as the ship's sinking. I'm like, Well, and how appropriate. I mean, you know, give, give me like a more depressing artist than James Taylor. You know, the, you know the, um, the difference between the Titanic and California, right? What's that? Is that when the Titanic sank, they still had their lights on. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. All right. Uh, let's keep this train moving, everybody. Speaking of uh, keeping the lights on, uh, again, uh, you know, just uh, in addition to what we were just talking about, uh, um, you know, unfortunately, it looks like, and I think we'll relatively be okay here in Florida, uh, but I think there's a major correction coming up. Uh, let me. I'm just going to move this whole browser actually over to the uh, monitor over here because there's two major headlines I think that um, and there's even a third um, you know we talked about last week a lot of US uh, mortgage lenders going out of business uh, this one also a big red flag Goldman Sachs uh, laying off hundreds uh, and, you know from their office um, and uh, and, uh, you know, as they, again, rein in expenses amid a collapse in deals volume, um, bank reinstating traditional annual employee calls, which have historically targeted one to five percent of low performers. Um, so they're kind of trying to make it seem like this is just uh, cyclical stuff. But then, you know, Amazon here. Is it, is it an omen or is it rich people's problems? Right, because they're saying due to low volume of deals. Well, I think it's a it, again, right? it's a future indicator, right? So, like they say, like the stock market's not the economy, you know. But I mean, you could kind of look at the stock market and be like, okay, well, where's all this headed? Well, I mean, Goldman Sachs wasn't laying off people in two thousand seven either. Right. Now, uh, yeah, that's a good point. So, you know, usually I like to bet against what all the headlines are saying. <laughs> so well, you're I mean, more, you're more optimistic on it. You think uh, it, things are just going to kind of stay where they're at yeah I would, okay I, would say, I mean well I like, like there's less like the mortgage volume is down right because the cost of a mortgage is higher so mortgage volume is down right. so by necessity that's going to mean that some people in the mortgage business yeah, goldman sachs is doing a lot more than just you know. no i understand I'm, yeah. I'm just saying 2019 it. numbers though yeah. so it's not like it's whoa we've just totally hit the brakes and it's a hard stop completely right the numbers right. are same to before COVID. And, and that's that's what I'm kind of saying, though. I mean, they're correcting their workforce numbers for yeah. the market. I mean, but see, this is the that, thing. But then the, again, this is kind of the third, my third red flag that okay, I've seen is Amazon. So the first is the mortgage lenders closing yeah, in, yeah. in record numbers. Second is Goldman Sachs. Third is this Amazon story closing, abandoning plans for dozens of warehouses throughout the country. You know, they're they're laying off people by the hundreds, um, really all in anticipation of what they're again, the they're they're saying that well, they're, you know, they're 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 anticipating a downturn they're anticipating e economic a downturns slowdown. economic downturns now this could be a correction serve, because maybe so, they they've grown well, too fast i was just gonna say burn through the they workforce do, they do serve they do serve as kind of a healthy diet 
for poorly run businesses, mm. right? When you have businesses that are, they exist because of just the plethora of kind of money floating around. It's easy money, easy business or whatever, but you have these businesses that are structurally not sound. Maybe they have too many, maybe they've overhired. Maybe, yeah. maybe they've been, you know, maybe their cash flow really isn't that great. You know, they've been running at the limit, kind of on the margins, and then you lose a couple of accounts and all of a sudden you're bankrupt. I mean, I think some of this is just exposing and flushing out some bad well, business. So I think with Amazon too, you know, I have friends that do importing and exporting, um, you know, from China and other things. I mean, you have, you know, the cost of a shipping container, uh -huh. you know, from China before COVID, you know, it may have been like twelve, fifteen thousand dollars Right. Same cost of a shipping container today right. or a few months ago. Well, triple. Was Thirty-five yeah. to $55,000. Right. So right. if Amazon, you know, there's not independent wholesalers shipping stuff to Amazon warehouse, yeah. you know, for them to sell stuff because the margins don't make any sense, um, you know, you're going to see stuff and then you don't have everybody who's been right. locked down for the last, you know, year and a half or two years who are getting their stimulus checks, um, not being able to go to bars, restaurants, uh, you know, do lines of selfishness. Yep. Uh, they're just on Amazon. Oh, I'll buy, you know, this and that. And, you know, it's just a way for them to spend money. Well, and the article also, you know, mentioned that, you know, it's also an adjustment to what they were anticipating was maybe a longer kind of pandemic yeah. lockdown. And then and they that just start unionizing yeah. too. So maybe they're just shutting down before, uh, they could unionize, didn't they? Uh, there's de they're definitely struggling with some of that. Starbucks is definitely dr dealing with a right. lot of that. Well, and right I think right to now. Johnny's point, though, I mean, it's kind of like, you know, Amazon, if they want to, if they need to increase the price of something to recoup the cost of shipping and all that, I mean, they can do that. They can they can raise products 20 cents a piece or something to recoup yeah. a lot of money. But to lay off workforce is to, is to indicate a reduction in volume. A reduction in volume is a reduction in purchasing right. amongst the broader population. And who buys Amazon? Everybody. Yeah. So, I, I mean, that the Amazon thing is more of a concern to me than, than any of the other stuff because, and Amazon knows their businessman. You know that they know. Well, and, well, and, I mean, and again, there's things that have been said by the Treasury, by the administration, by the Biden administration that I think tells me that some of this is going to be manufactured, you know, because it's going to be the only way that they'll actually be able to bring down inflation, um, you know, which is basically kind of blow it up. Right. But you're still, even with the Fed raising rates to kind of like circle back and tie it in, you know, there's still a strong kind of economy and deals are still happening. Yeah. I mean, it's not, you know, like just slam on the brakes, everyone stopped. I mean, I'm still buying real estate. I right. know a lot of people that are still buying deals. Well, and again, I, 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 we may we may not feel the full brunt of it, right. uh, but I think nationally, I think there's there's definitely going to be, you know, uh, I, I, again, I mean, I don't know if we're still technically in a recession or not, but I think it's it's going to get worse before it gets not better. According to the White House, we were never in one. So that, well, that's the, right. the Federal Reserve doesn't have that many. Yeah. The, the federal government doesn't have that many good choices. They can either default on their debt, which then they can't do. Mm. You, they they raise interest rates, you know. Or, excuse me, they inflate the currency, mm -hmm. okay, continue to print and inflate the currency, which continues with inflation, or raise rates and crash the economy, yeah. crash the stock market at a minimum. I mean, they all, all options are bad for them right. at and this and point. Then, and then if the stock market goes down, people that invest pull their money out of the stock market and buy real estate. You know, well, where am I going to put my money? I'm not going right. to put my money in the market. Yeah. Well, now I'm going to put my money in an asset. Well, and overseas right now, things aren't much better either. So. Right. So, yeah. okay, if well, I'm not doing manufacturing, I'm not doing importing, exporting, I'm not doing, you know, real uh, Wall Street, 
Well, where, where are you going to put your money to invest? Yeah. Real estate. Their safest bet, their safest bet is to curtail the inflation because inflation impacts the common man at the gas pump and everywhere else yes. and, mm-hmm. at, and at the, and at the, at the supermarket, curtail, go ahead and, and curtail inflation because that, that, that's going to benefit your voters. If they try to protect the stock market, I hate to tell you, most people out there, they're, if they can't afford gas, they're not worried about their 401k. I'm sure. not saying they shouldn't be, yeah. but they can't, they can't see that politically. They're not paying not attention. Tangible. Yeah, it's not as tangible to the average voter politically. You better get the price of gas and food under control if you want to get elected or yeah. reelected. Right. All right. Joe Wicker, Vincent Nowicki joining me here on the Yard Side, the most important relevant podcast in politics. Again, don't forget to subscribe, like, follow, ring the bell, do all that fun stuff, whether you're following us on Facebook, YouTube, or any of the podcast platforms. Again, the audio version, very popular option uh, for those of you who want to subscribe to the show. Um, we're, again, proud to be number 148 in the country of political podcasts, and that number continues to grow thanks to you guys. Uh, again, you can find us on any of the podcast platforms out there. Uh, just search for for the yard sign. Uh, we're going to close out today's show with our final topic. Again, thanks to our, uh, our special guest, Vincent Nowicki, who, uh, again, uh, you broke this story. Actually, I don't think even breaking the story would be the right term. I mean, because you kind of created the story. I mean, you, you at what point like did you already kind of have a heads up or at what point did you connect the dots give us give us basically the the, the story as to what happened um and you know and then how you ended up getting involved in this council member from city uh st petersburg resigning well so i don't know if you know that you know i filed about a month ago i filed an ethics complaint with the commission on ethics against mayor welsh um, for hiring his second cousin uh, to be the development administrator for $200,000 a year job. Nice. Uh, <laughs> um, and I was like, wow. well, you know, that seems a little bit funny because I remembered the guy, you know, cause I live downtown St. Pete yeah. and he was writing, uh, code violations for bars and restaurants, shutting them down, uh, at the time of COVID. So I remembered, I, w- I remembered cause I had a few interactions with him yeah. because I live downtown and then I'm like, wait a second, he's now the development administrator of the whole city and I'm in real estate. So I'm like, this guy's got no experience. It's a nice jump. Oh yeah, no experience <laughs> in real estate. So then I do a couple of public records requests and see that, um, you know, the city put out a job posting for the position and they had 35 people apply mm-hmm. and he was never one of them. Wow. Uh, and then I contacted everybody that did apply and not a single one of them got an interview. You had a guy from Charlotte, North Carolina, who was their development director for a decade and oversaw 80 acres of development there. Didn't even get a phone mm. call back. Wow. Um, and, you, and, just, and it went on and on. You had the guy right underneath the development administrator for the city who was there since 08, applied for the job, which would have been of, you know, lateral increase, sure. which is something, you know, has municipal experience, had that. Well, and somebody who's seen the growth. If you investigate. Kind of happen. Yeah. <laughs> never, never got an interview. To me, that'd be the best option given yeah. how great the growth has been yeah. downtown. Never got wow. an interview for the job. Wow. And so, you know, and then I got a tip that they were related. Corbett and Welsh were related. And so then it took about three to four days of digging to find the family relation. And there's several news articles that show, um, you know, sadly, a couple of Ken Welsh's cousins, you know, passed away in a car accident. Um, It was pretty tragic. Um, But it says that James Corbett was the full brother of one of the girls that passed away, Lamoya Welsh. And so, and that was Ken Welsh's first cousin. Right. Well, so if you're a full brother to somebody, 
or full brother, and yeah. that person is Ken Welsh's first cousin by default. Yeah. I mean, I'm not a rocket scientist, <laughs> but that would be your cousin, you too. You're a genealogist, but, yeah. you know. But that would be right. your cousin, too. Sure. Um, so, you know, that story broke. It was in the paper, you know, and the Commission on Ethics actually meets on Thursday to go over the complaint. So I'm excited to see how that goes. Okay. Um, you know, it was like 20 pages. So that's still in progress. Yeah, so that was 20 okay. pages. So then I got a call, you know, from, you know, someone that wants to remain anonymous that says, hey, I think, you know, Council Member Bowman moved out of their district you know, I don't know much about it, you know, whatever, whatever. Here's a couple of news articles of like her legal name. You know, can you look into it? So, you know, I said, oh, okay, let me take a look. And you start peeling back the onion. Wow. And then, oh, yep, here's the warranty deed. Boom. Here's her mortgage filed with the uh, clerk of court. Boom. Yeah, because, you know, if, even if you happen to live in St. Pete, uh, as we were talking before the show, she doesn't run on her actual uh, uh as we would say, government name. Yeah, I mean, so her legal name is Talisha Bowman. Got it. Um, and she goes by Lisa Wheeler Bowman. Um, so, you know, I found out she moved out of her district. Well, you know, I didn't really necessarily want to believe it at first. Sure. So, so then I kind of dug a little bit deeper, pulled the voter registration, went to that address. You'd have a hard time finding her here, they said. I'm the only one that lives here. Oh, so wait a minute. Her, wait, her actual so, address is wrong. You're saying her actual address on her filing paperwork with. So the, there could even be voter fraud here. Correct, because the SOE confirmed that she voted in the primary, but she was already into the new house, which is outside of the district, and didn't do an address change, and didn't do an address change, and voted in the old precinct. Wow. She, oh, so that would be you know. So now, aside from, I'm not the state attorney. No, but yeah. I mean, you know, but, but it, be. yeah. But. So she's now had to resign because she moved, but also may have committed, committed that might, might have been a crime. Yeah, right. she might have committed a crime. And so you know, I then went by the house and hired a private investigator to run you know her plates and everything like that because I like to be very thorough when I do something. Well, I, I mean, there's like serious that. accusations, I mean. right? So the private investigator confirmed that it was her husband's cars. And so I went to the address on file for the, where the cars were registered because they weren't registered to that address. And, you know, they moved out in November at that address. But state law says that you're going to change your car registration within 30 days of right. moving. So they didn't do that. So they haven't done that either. Yeah, just piling up the charges. You know, wow. State attorney Bruce Bartlett, if you're listening, you know. Yeah. <laughs> well, she probably didn't want to do that because... It but she did. Attention. But she did change her address, though. She filed an, a, a, a homestead exemption. Where's yes. her homestead exemption? At the new address outside of her district. Well, because the loan is under her name. Right, and it's a VA loan, and the right. VA loan stipulates that it has to be your primary residence. Sure. So I said when I went to the city council, I said, you know, either you know, facts are stubborn things. Either right. Lisa Wheeler Bowman is committing mortgage fraud, or she's in violation of the city charter, and per the charter, needs to be immediately removed from office. And so, uh, per the city charter, I mean, immediately, I mean, is it immediate? It, it the, says in the charter, if yeah. the council member moves out of the district in which they were elected to, shall be immediately removed wow. from office because by I, city council. I do remember so that being no in choice. the in yeah. some of the news coverage we've already seen, yeah. you know, that uh, one of the other city council members had to read that letter of resignation. Um, or, or just state that, you know, she had resigned. Right. So then I went to the council meeting on Thursday and I wanted to verify that the car that's been at the house was in her parking spot at city hall. Mm. So once I had that, uh, you know, documented, 
I sent off the because it says that they have to be given like written notice that they're in violation of the charter and then the council can start the process. So I wrote a letter stating, hey, uh, you know, you bought a house, used a VA loan, has to be your primary residence. Consider this your legal notice and you should be removed from office immediately. Um, so once I sent that email off, I had, you know, people in the council meeting and they said it was like, you know, you started to see people on their phones and laptops started, you know. Huh things started happening kind yeah. of behind the scenes and then it was the pledge of allegiance and then prayer and then council member bowman then left the wow. meeting uh and then a few minutes later the city attorney left and then a few minutes after that the city clerk left and then i went into the meeting um and then the city clerk finally came back the city attorney and council member bowman didn't but then somebody came and grabbed lisa's stuff and left uh, the meeting as well. Wow. Um, and the city clerk who I know, you know, kind of like, Hey, <laughs> yeah, kind of, you know, gives me a little head nod there of, uh, so, I'm in the back so needless row. to say, no outdoor dining for you for yeah. some time. <laughs> Do all your projects are getting denied. Like, That's right. <laughs> yeah, I just I won't buy any house. They're coming the through. Yeah. Hey, we saw you throw that. Uh, we thought I saw you throw that, uh, piece of paper right. out there, you know, something fell out of the yeah. back of your truck. That's another 500 yeah. bucks. And that's gotta be tough, right? Because again, I mean, it's, it's, you, you don't want to be the one. Yeah. you know causing the big stink i mean but at the same time i mean you know it, it the rules are the rules right and uh, and uh, and again what's crazy about the story is that this is just like the surface right like the more that you have kind of dug into this the more layers of other things uh wrong you're you're finding yeah. in all of this going so on so not so now it's timed up with the city you know we have our uh, redistricting commission which looks at the districts every 10 years um to change the districts on city council with the census so it just so happens that the count the council member bowman her appointee to the commission uh pastor jc pritchett he was the only one lobbying to move lisa's district into the new neighborhood where she bought her house right so he went over the highway above another district and then into another district so he crossed through two districts and a highway to include this neighborhood now are they in the middle of redistricting yes okay got it yeah all right but you know you're going but he's to, also involved i mean he's he's in he's on well, this he was, committee he was appointed by her <laughs> to serve on the committee right. to try to help convenience right to try to yeah and to then her and then his son was is her legislative aide on council oh, the pastor's son right so the pastor's yeah. son who just graduated college in may yep he has a lot of experience sure uh, you know was appointed to be the legislative aide to lisa wheeler bowman back you know in june you know right before she bought a house well and politically uh speaking i mean we also know the value of having a pastor really to vouch for you i was just gonna say look how she's using him and look how he's willing to be used sure she gave his son a job and it's on city money well and how he's also city, using her and, city benefits yep it's probably a decent gig and then he's gonna get he appointed to this thing and he's gonna push for the district to change probably gonna bring his congregation in on that 
and say something how the district needs to represent us, blah, 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 yeah. whatever, and push for that. And then he gets some credit because he gets some a little bit of deference for being a pastor. And then she's using him for that, man. And I'm sure wow, she's probably been a member of his congregation for a long time. You know, I don't, I don't know that. Wow. You know, uh, I mean, right. But yeah. in, in regardless, I mean, it, it, not that that matters she a whole chose, lot. But. She chose to buy a house when she bought it outside of the district. Right. She could have waited till redistricting was done. But actually, I mean, is redistricting not in any way an argument that she gets to make? I'm not trying to call, I'm not defending her. I'm just curious. Sure. Like, I'm surprised that she's not bringing up redistricting. Well, we don't know where the lines are going to fall. Oh, okay. Well, after redistricting. It, it is. Uh, no, it is. I'm just yeah. saying that she could have claimed, well, we're redistricting. I mean, she still moved out of the district in the middle of the district lines. Any, either way it goes. Yeah. She still moved out of the district. Because what are the odds? Uh, you know, again, for those of us who don't know really the, the the kind of map of St. Petersburg that well, what are the odds that where she current where she now lives right. would fall within that district? Well, so her district was like two seventy five west, okay, to like Forty Ninth Street, mm. you know, down um, to like Twenty Second Avenue South, like Gulfport area, okay, so kind of a chunk, you know, two seventy five Forty Ninth Street South. Um, to twenty seven, two seventy five, kind of being that border, right? Right. So you know that's kind of typically those are major intersections, major roads that typically you would follow on a map. Yep. Well, so he was lobbying to have it cut over the highway east, three blocks, which was an above another <laughs> district. Sounds so, like a congressional district. So why? So why wouldn't <laughs> yeah. you just move yeah. that one yeah. district up a little bit? Yeah. yeah. Um, and then into a second district. So it's not like you're just bumping into one. You're going through two districts to include this house. And it's not like it ended at a major road. It was just like a regular street. Yeah. How so, dumb can you be as a politician to purposefully take out a mortgage and make it your primary residence outside of the district that you know you well, can't so do she, that? Well, she because she didn't you can't know. do it. She said yeah. she didn't know in the stack of mortgage paperwork that she didn't know it had to be her primary residence. You know your address. Right. Oh, she means yeah, in the no, when no, in the chartered paperwork for becoming a city council so, member. So, like, no, like when she resigned in her resignation, she she said in the stack of mortgage paperwork, she didn't realize that I had to make this my primary residence for and, the purpose of the mortgage for right. the VA mortgage. Yeah. So she didn't so, realize. So, yeah. so claiming like it wasn't mortgage fraud and not defrauding the VA. Uh, which had she known, she probably would have done what a lot of people do, which is they'll have a home in the district, you know, that they don't actually live in, but it's right. under their name. Right. And then they actually live somewhere else. Well, she's trying to avoid voter fraud, you know, of so course. it's like saying like, oh, no, I was really late for that. Here. I was already living here. But then we have videos, which the reporter, you know, said in the Tampa Bay Times article, well, there's videos of her dancing in the new kitchen, uh, you know, and the photos that match, you know, Realtor.com. Oh, geez. So it's like, well, <laughs> they had somebody wow. post it outside her house taking photos yeah well, no, it's her own photos it's oh, from oh, like oh, social oh, media oh, oh, oh it's so her own stuff it. from social yeah, media yeah. Yeah. got and it and then they pulled like the comparable photos that were got it for it's sale. clearly yeah. her house yeah yeah and got that was it. before voting well she's got making it. that city council money now I mean. right well i suggested <laughs> that she should pay back the taxpayers for the last two months when she should have immediately resigned after buying the house of course she should have to pay back that she money. just thought she was going to skate through she just thought no one was going to be none it'd be no, but none the wiser, right? Yeah. She just thought. But obviously, I mean, it seems like her problems are just getting started. I mean, you know, I don't have an axe to grind against. No, I mean, I'm you're not the one initiating her. this. I mean, right. uh, I mean, other than the the resignation, right. which again, I mean, somebody had to bring it to light. Right. Um, but 
all this other stuff that she has in, done, you yeah. know, uh, intentionally or unintentionally. I mean, so um, when's the election? <laughs> that's right. So, well, that's the next step. So, I believe the council appoints somebody, don't Within they? Forty-five days. Oh, they have to appoint days. somebody. Yeah. Oh, okay. and yeah. then the next, that's convenient. And then the next election it ain't gonna be you. <laughs> <laughs> I don't live in the district. Either, so. No, I ain't. Yeah. Well, that's good because yeah. I mean, it doesn't seem like you kind of had a yeah. you know yeah. an edge to to gain. No, yeah, you know, I don't live so. in the district. I'm not. Yeah, you know, involved. But in it's that. interesting how you, as a real as a businessman, you have every right to be concerned about who is regulating you. I pay a lot of taxes. Yeah. Yeah. I have a lot of properties in the city and pay a lot of taxes. And, and, and you, you have a right to be concerned about who is it that's regulating your industry? Are these competent people, these bureaucrats, do they know what they're doing? You, you look into who's doing this, and you're like, wait a minute, this guy doesn't seem to have any experience. The next thing you know, you're like, oh, where does this lead? Where does this lead? And it leads to a council member who doesn't even live there. Well, correct me if I'm wrong. I mean, Mayor Welch seems to be doing a lot of strange things yeah i mean the biggest thing that i would say is probably rubbing people the wrong way in the city well of he St. scrapped Pete. the whole plan for tropicana field and yeah well, that whole property that was coming you know whatever whoever the new mayor was was going to start that over anyway yeah because um, they all want their thumbprint on it exactly but the biggest thing the biggest thing that's bothering me and so many voters of st pete and if i could get one message to ken welsh don't kill the moffat deal he literally killed yeah. the Moffitt deal in right. downtown St. Pete. That's so crazy. And Moffitt has a $2.5 billion economic impact. And it's like, nah, yeah. we, we don't need Moffitt downtown St. Pete because yeah, they dumb. were a different. Not to mention like how amazing it would be to have it right next to John Hopkins, right next all to Children's Hospital, all Children's, Bayfront, USF. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah. They're, they're wow. Build a campus. They're like their sure. premium gem was going to be downtown St. Pete. It was going to be a huge campus. Mm. And it was because they said, we're going to do, you know, they're going to build like 200 units of housing there for, you know, transient, you know, people that need care, yeah. doctors, yeah. Yeah. nurses, yeah. and stuff. So they said, well, we'll set aside 10% of the 200 units that we're building for affordable housing, you know, that the city can work with and, you know, put in people that need housing there. Ken Welsh gets into office after, you know, Mayor Christman baptizes the deal, even the, uh, you know, CBA, the Community Benefit Agreement, mm -hmm. which is essentially like the equity police in St. Pete. They even gave the deal the blessing. Wow. Um, and so now they said, hey, you know, they, Ken Welsh came in and says, well, you need to do 30% of affordable housing. And they're like, well, you know, that's a lot, you know, 30, you know, 30% yeah. of 200 units, huge. you know, and, you know, we're just taking that as a straight loss. Um, they're like, we'll come up to 17.5%. Nope, not good enough. You can't build here anymore. Wow. And it's killed the deal. Wow. Wow. And, and one because of the Americans geez. die from cancer, too. You know, right. Yeah, because, <laughs> they because they wouldn't pay the crown, yeah. really. Yeah. They're going to build it, right. but they want to be told to give yeah. over right. housing. And because, they, they, because a private corporation, well, I guess it's, a, it's actually a nonprofit, right? Right. Because they wouldn't build something and they build housing and then give it over to the city as as payment payment yeah well hey well, vince is crazy man we'll crazy. definitely be having you on for an update and then you know the door door door's always open thank, thank you so you much for being me. on the show today thank when you. are you running again yeah whenever you write a check uh, whenever i write a check <laughs> <laughs> no, i'm just kidding i'm just kidding no seriously i mean do you have any is there any chance any that, timeline or uh, uh i mean you know i'm focused on my business okay you know, I, i've gotten a lot of tips uh over the last uh month and so of uh more nefarious uh mm. dealings so there may be a couple more stories 
Yeah. Uh, that we're working on. All right. So 2024. Got it. <laughs> <laughs> we'll All see. right. Vince Nowicki, everybody. Joe Wicker uh, joining me today on today's show. Thank you guys for an amazing show. Uh, and again, we'll be bringing you updates on that St. Pete story along with uh, all the news and politics of the day. We appreciate you for watching the yard sign. We've got a new website coming up, including uh, a new sponsor as well. So we're going to have a lot of news over the next uh, week, uh, probably two weeks. Um, uh, and uh, excited to share all of that with you. Uh, but in the meantime, make sure you follow us on social media, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, uh, and your favorite podcast platform. Subscribe, like, follow, share, uh, ring the bell on YouTube. Uh, and again, you can catch us at the Tech Overlords at Google, Apple, Spotify, Audible, Amazon, Odyssey, iHeartRadio, and Samsung podcast platforms. I'm Johnny Torres. We'll see you back here next Monday. It's been the Yard Sign. Good night, everybody. Good night.